Good morning and welcome to the Free to Be Show. Today on this freeing Friday, I am, let's see, grateful to bring to you a topic that I really enjoy talking about, which is healing. And more than healing, healing amongst people are poisons that we have. And I say poisons because they're these insidious things that twist the way we think and categorize people. And it's, uh, it's not healthy. It's not good for our souls. It's not good for each other. And so um, I am very, very happy that today I'm able to have this conversation and to have this conversation with someone that um, I've actually <laughs> had this uh, situation with personally. So I, um, yeah, this title today is called Loving, right? The topic this month is loving, Specific, specifically healing in black and white. And that's a play on words, right? It's an intentional play on words. So the person that I'll be speaking to, we are in a community together. We're leaders in that community and the brand colors are black and white. How funny is that, right? And I'm black and he's white. So, um, and the, the topic that we're really talking about here is quite obviously race relations, right? So some of you may know that um, part of my executive transformation coaching is uh, a blend of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so this was just <laughs> the most dynamic situation, you know, to be in with, uh, you know, for myself personally with this person in this community. So he'll be joining us shortly. I just wanted to to start out the show giving a bit of a point of reference so that we're all clear what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about just the colors black and white because those are the brand colors. We're talking about black and white as in black and white people getting along um, still in this world. So there are a few people that have joined us already. Good morning, Susan. Salam alaikum. And hello, Wanda. How are you? So I'm going to go ahead and play the intro um, because he's ending another live of his own on his own brand. Um, and then we'll be starting this conversation shortly. So if you have any questions, any comments, please do put them in the chat. I want this to be a, a true discussion and it's time to heal our poisons and start loving in black and white. So... Welcome to the Free to Be Show. I am a stand for peace, love, joy, bliss, sexual pleasure, spiritual connection, elemental connection with nature, and restoring worthiness in women that requires four-mind alignment with your thoughts, heart, nutrition, and yoni. Be a stand for your ultimate joy 
so that you are replenished and aligned. Are you free? Receive replenishment. Good morning. So we're back and there are a few more people who have joined us. Hello, Dr. Anita Powell. Thank you for being here. And my guest has just arrived. So I'm going to bring him into the stream. Good morning, Eric. Hey, Cordelia. Great to see you. Great to see you. You know, I'm so happy we're having this conversation because, you know, as leaders in the being movement, right, we always are asking ourselves, who am I being? (laughs) And so this was such a rich conversation that we came to and we thought, you know, why not share this with other people? So for those of you who don't know, Eric Lofholm is the uh, founder and CEO of Lofholm International, um, which does sales training and so much more. And he's just a light in the world. So Eric, I just want to ask you, what do you think made our situation um, so unique and how were we able to um actually do you want to tell what happened first i didn't even share the story <laughs> yeah well why don't you well I'll, I'll give some context okay and so um cordelia and, and i we worked together on a a project and uh it involves thousands and thousands of people all over the world and it, it is focused on this idea of our state of being and who are we being <clears throat> And it brings people together from all different types of backgrounds, different spiritual and religious backgrounds and different, you know, um, you know, black, white, brown, Chinese, all, all different types of people. It's just, it's like a big melting pot. And um, we all come to these conversations in life with whatever we bring in from the past, whatever our thoughts are about working with you know, in, in uh, Cordelia and I working together, obviously I'm white and she's black. So we have what we're bringing together. I have my spiritual background, which is different than hers. And so we, we bring that into, into our relationship. And in this particular group, there are, um, I'll just say it like this. There's ways that I've shown up in the group that have been offensive to other people without me even realizing it. And so it's been a really big learning experience for me because something might happen that means something to um, someone who's black, for example, I'm white, I'm doing something thinking it's meaning one thing and it's meaning something different to them. And so it's been a really big learning experience to learn how to be service and how to be loving and kind and compassion, compassion and to understand other people's perspectives. And so Cordelia and I have had some experiences where we've we've had an opportunity to really understand each other and what are we trying to communicate? And, you know, when Cordelia invited me to be on the show here, I thought it'd be, it'd be good because I don't know that this is talked about enough, you know, and there's a lot of division in the U.S., that's the country that I live in, and um, and so that's why I said, "Yeah, let's let's have a conversation, and maybe something out of our experience can help others." 
Yeah, I really appreciate that. And see, that in itself is serving. Um, because when we talk about things that are not normally talked about, um, and we have we're willing to have those what some people might categorize as uncomfortable conversations, um, then it lets people other people know that it's possible, like, oh, actually, it's not that uncomfortable. It's not that hard, you know, like, so, um, yeah, and in our situation, I, I'm going to go back and say that I posted some things on my, my own timeline um, regarding, um, I think the first one was more regarding uh, men, right? It could be confused. It was mostly about the way we perceive sex, right? And so, um, but someone read that and thought that I was bashing men. Then a couple hey, of days- was talking about a Facebook post. Yeah. So she did a Facebook post and a bunch of people commented and somebody commented, it was a, a white man commented and he felt like she was doing an attack on men. And that's not what Cordelia was doing, but that was his interpretation. Yes, yes. And then a few days later, I did another post. And again, uh, I mentioned white and black. And he thought that I was uh, attacking or being racist by mentioning that I was with white men. And again, this is this was also another Facebook post. So uh, in both, and when Cordelia says with white men, she was in a, you were in an airport, right? And yes. there was a group of you and you and maybe three, four other white men. And was that they were being treated differently than you were? Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. To give context about that specific post. So I was in the airport in Mumbai and I had just left the ultimate experience, uh, India edition. And I was with three of the participants and so we had made a bulge in the line because we were so excited about what we were, you know, had experienced there over the past few days. And um, so one of the airport officials was like, ma'am, make a single line. And so we all looked at each other and like laughed because we were like, um, but there are four of us that are out of line, you know? And so I actually was bringing that to light because I was talking about how I have so many experiences in my life to increase my ultimate joy, right? It's, this is for the elevation of my soul. And that was what I was using that particular experience to demonstrate. And it was interpreted as what, what Eric said, you know, that, that just the fact that I mentioned that I was being treated differently than these white men um, it was interpreted as I was being racist. So, um, you know, and I, I'm the leader, <laughs> you know, the team leader of the Ultimate Coach podcast, and my entire team is white, actually. Um, and so, you know, in a leadership position, sometimes you'll find that there are dynamics where you don't, you, you don't truly know who you're leading until you do right? Until these uncomfortable things come up. And what Eric and I discovered is we were able to resolve our issues just by listening to each other. 
So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I want to talk about it with a, a different example. It's the same, okay. but it's different. And so one of the, the groups that I, well, there's a, there's a group that was led by a black woman and she was reporting to me and we had a, there was a shift in the leadership dynamic. <clears throat> and so I sent an email to her and her whole team of what I wanted to see happen. And what I didn't realize is that from her experience, it's the, the white leader telling this black person in a group. And so it was like, she experienced it as I was humiliating her. I was telling her what to do. And I had no awareness of that. I was just leading. I've been leading for over 20 years. And so I was just leading how I always lead. And it wasn't a black, white thing for me. I was just, this is what needs to be done. And I was communicating it. But the fact that I did it the way I did it, she got so upset with me and I didn't even understand why. And it literally took me a couple of months to figure out what happened because I didn't understand what had happened. And so I'm, I'm sharing that example because as all of you that are watching this and you're out in the world and you're just, you're being who you're being, you might be doing something to somebody else that's highly offensive without even knowing it. And so in that particular example, she and I were never able to have the conversation that Cordelia and I had, and we were never able to get to a good spot. So it, it literally just ended with, okay, I'll block you on social media and we'll go our separate ways. And that was really unfortunate. And that's not what I wanted. And Cordelia and I, we had a, a different outcome in that we decided to come together and, you know, Cordelia, tell me what's going on with you. What are you experiencing? And then she got to share and I got to really listen. And then she got to listen to me and we grew out of that experience. And it really took our relationship to a whole nother level. <clears throat> and we worked together on this being project. So our relationship's really important. <laughs> and <Super> important. <laughs> we could have stayed in, you know, conflict or stayed in not being really bonded if we had not just taken the time to listen. So, you know, my message to all of you today is to have compassion for other people's perspectives and to realize that sometimes you might be doing something and it, it's not even, doesn't have to be black, white. It could be how I interact with my stepdaughter. You know, I'm in a position of power over her and how I'm interacting with her. She has a dad. So I'm not her dad, I'm her stepdad, but I'm in a position of power. And so it's like, having empathy and compassion and understanding for what is her experience. Cause she didn't choose me. Her mom chose me and then she got me. Right. Yeah. So it can be, um, we have different uh, political beliefs. People are always, you know, going head to head each other over political beliefs. It could be different spiritual beliefs. And if we can just not feel like, well, I'm right and they're wrong because they're on the wrong political party is to go, Hey, where are they coming from? And let me understand where they're coming from. Because Cordelia and I, we created something really beautiful. And that's that's the main thing I want to share. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. I hear that your your voice is, you know, uh, it, do it doesn't sound like you can speak too much today. But um, I'm happy that you agreed to to continue uh, to, to show up anyway. Um, and, and I do want to presence, right? Because... Um, 
people are going to watch this and they're going to be they're they're going to have their own judgments about race right and and they're they're going to want to know a little bit deeper level so i'm i'm just going to pull back a layer here in our conversation when we spoke um you said um and and people will say things like this you said i didn't grow up racist right and so that's why in the the interaction you had you know with the example that you shared it was like i don't even know what's going on you know and so i had written an article called and you can look at this on on uh, linkedin and it says you don't know you're being racist and here's the thing there are paradigms, you know, and ways in which we grow up. And sometimes we don't need to know something until we do. So when you, you said you weren't being, you were not raised racist, but where you grew up, how many black people did you grow up with? Very few. Right. So like your concept of black and white was like, well, I don't need to know about that. Right. And so, um, and when I went to University of Vermont, right? And so at that time, they specifically were giving academic, full academic scholarships to black students because they wanted to have more black people in Vermont. And so there was literally less than 1% other, not black, but other. Um, in 1990, when I went there, so I met a lot of white people who were also not racist, but they asked me things that were very offensive, you see? And so I'm, I'm just bringing that up because now that you know what you know, what, what would you say? Well, I had another experience and it was a black white experience where somebody in a Facebook group that I oversee, he was black and he made a post and I did not like the way that the post was written. And so I, I then made a post about that post and I tagged that individual and I offended him. And we, he and I had a conversation and I asked him, you know, what, what was going on with you? And he goes, well, when you tagged me and you wrote the post the way you, you wrote it, you basically were calling me out in front of everybody. And he said to me, he goes, you know, what, what a white person will do is they'll do something like that and they'll humiliate, in this case, I'm humiliating him in his experience, but then they'll apologize one-on-one. -on -one. And I was like, wow, that was not my intention. So I said, well, what do you want me to do? He goes, I want a public apology in the group. And that's what I did. And if I was racist, I would not have agreed I'd be like, look, I can do a lot, but I, I can't do that, right? How am I going to look in front of, you know, the group, right? So I, I did that public apology. And now I know that how I'm, what I learned out of both the experiences, the one with the email that I sent, and then this other one is that I have to be really sensitive to how I'm communicating in a group setting, because it can be perceived as this white person is piling on this black individual, which was not my intention. So out of those two learning, learning experiences, I discovered that that 
that if I did that again in the future, that's how it would be perceived. And so I think what what's just beautiful, the most valuable thing out of what we're doing right now is we're just role modeling. You can have a conversation and there's probably people right now, whatever your background is, you know, well, I can't talk to that other person. They're not like me. They have a different um, uh, religious background or, or they're a different color than me or whatever. And just Cordelia and our role modeling that you can, and you can have an understanding and it, it creates a richer life and you can really have a really better understand like what things mean to other people. Because I want to be service. I want to be compassionate. I want to be love. I want to be kindness. And I don't want to be doing things that are causing harm or hurt feelings to other people. And then what I discovered was I was doing that without realizing it. And so it's been wonderful. You know, I'll pat myself on the back and say I had the courage to have these conversations, to really listen, not get defensive, but really listen, like what was going on with you? And then just shut up and listen. Yeah. You know, and that's what you and I have been able to do is we've been able to have these really powerful communications where we can just listen and understand and go, Oh, that's how Eric's perceiving it. Or that's how Cordelia is perceiving it. And, um, and, you know, it's really helpful. Yeah. And I, and I love that you gave that second example because in, in both cases, right. People don't know, uh, what the other person's thinking or what their life experience is and their perception is, right? And so like in the post for this, I even said, I believe that there's just the human race, right? And that doesn't negate the fact that other people have different beliefs about that. So I'm going to just show some comments that we're getting here. Dr. Anita says, I so agree. We need to be mindful that we all have a right to our own reality and to respect, understand, and appreciate the realities of others. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're saying. And Wanda says, yes, because you can have five ingredients to a recipe and everyone's dish will be different. That's the same as relationships. You have to be open to love, respect as a person and not this, the color of skin. So yeah, thank you ladies for, for your comments. And um, Dr. Will, oh, thank you for being here. Awesome topic. We're getting a lot of comments now. So, so often we hear someone yet we don't listen, right? And that's, that's the whole point of this conversation is so that we can learn how to listen differently. And last comment we have here is, oh, and I met her in, in Mumbai. Thank you for doing this. Constant comparison can be a silent killer. Yeah. So what, what do you want to say more about listening? Because remember when we had our conversation, um, the first time I was jet lagged <laughs> and I couldn't hear you. <laughs> but the second time, you know, I said, you know, I want to listen to you. So you speak first. Um, yeah. When I had the situation with the, um, the email that I sent this one woman and I included her whole team and she felt like, um, you know, whatever, whatever was going on with her. I didn't listen to her. Mm -hmm. And the way we had a conversation and it wasn't one-on-one, -on -one. I got invited to a group conversation. So oh. it was her and her team. And 
I got invited kind of out of the blue. Hey, Eric, you want to you want to come and talk? It's like, okay. And they were up here really, really angry. And I just showed up and I walked into, you know, I was like uh, getting piled on. It was very, it was a very challenging experience. Despite that, and despite what I was receiving, I wasn't listening. And if I could have just, instead of, I, I was defensive in that moment. And if I had listened, I could have diffused the situation much faster. And we probably could have got to a place of common ground. So who I was being was defensive. I was defending like, well, look, it was just an email. It's, it, I send those emails all the time. I was justifying my behavior, not understanding that I had deeply offended her. And so <clears throat> that was just a, it was a lack of me understanding what was happening. Well, then when it happened the second time, I was like, okay, I, I, I've been here before. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm going to try my best not to make the same mistake. And so I think the real opportunity for us is to not defend our position. Hmm. If we offended somebody, just be like, okay, I, I offended somebody. Instead of trying to defend it, that was their experience. And I, there's value in me having compassion from being, you know, a white person of power because I'm a leader. I'm a strong leader. And so then my words have extra weight. So I need to be responsible for that. And if I'm communicating in a way that's, um, being disrespectful or hurtful, even if it's not my intention, then I can just listen and just be with that and really hear where that person's coming from and going, wow, I am so sorry that was your experience with my words because that wasn't my intention. I'm sorry. How can I, how can I make this right? And that's what I ended up doing with this other individual where he asked me for the apology. I'm like, how can I make it right? And it was so great because I wasn't defensive. I was just listening and I was like, oh, wow. And that individual, I mean, he's an amazing human being. And now he and I have, we have an opening, right? I can call him right now and he'd take my call versus if he saw my, previously sees my phone. I don't want to talk to that guy. That guy's a <laughs> Decline. Jerk. That guy's a jerk, right? So it's really powerful when, when we can get to that place with somebody, you know, and they really feel heard and, and you can like let somebody see your heart, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what happened for you and I is that I, I can see your heart and you can see my heart. And it's like, wow, Cordelia, that's the, that's the kind of person I want on my team, right? That's the kind of person I want in my life and, and vice versa. And so it's, it's a different possibility than def defending our position which is, it's not going to get to a place of openness. I love that you said that, Eric, because, you know, how often do we feel like we have to defend our position? Because we feel like we're being judged, right? And uh, that's a lot of what we talk about in being. It's uh, releasing judgment. And, and the next part is just, being loving and open to to understanding other people and like you said you know really seeing their heart you know are we're a stand for 
seeing, hearing, and valuing others. And that's who we, we intend to be in, in the world. We all need a little Cordelia in our lives. Oh, Susan, <laughs> thank you. So um, yes, and that's true. You all need a little Cordelia in your lives. <laughs> um, so is there anything else that you would like to put in the space? I know that I had um, you know, honored your request to only speak for 30 minutes because you are struggling there with your throat. I hope you have some lemon ginger tea in that cup. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I love that you're here and I love what you shared and just the few things that you did share is so important for, I'm going to say specifically white men that are listening to this, who are in leadership positions, because I can't even tell you how many white men have approached me to, um, be in there, you know, to help them train their staffs on diversity, equity, and inclusion. But they begin with, you know, white men are being bashed all the time. That sounds like someone who's being defensive. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's neat to be here because you know we hear things differently from different people. Yeah, and how often does you know a black person, a white person, come together like this and have this loving, open conversation? And and we're just we're just showing a possibility because maybe I'll speak for like a white man. There might be a white man watching this going wow, if I was asked to issue a public apology in a group to a black person, I don't know that I would do that, you know? And it's just, it's not right or wrong. It's just something to take a look at and to be aware that we can be offending somebody without knowing it or without realizing, you know, what we're doing, but we still offended them. And to have compassion, I think that the point I'd like to, to leave the audience with is the state of being, of being loving, kind, and compassionate. And so instead of being defensive or being right, I'm right, you're wrong, just being understanding, loving, compassionate. And that creates incredible openings when we're in that, that place because now I don't have to defend anything. Yeah. Just being loving. Right. Yeah. And it transforms the communication. And, and that's been the experience that Cordelia and I've had is a trans transformational experience out of the state of being that we were in when we chose to communicate around, you know, what had created some conflict, we just showed up as loving and, something miraculous occurred. And then out of that, then it created the opening for the show. Because yeah. if we're like this, Cordelia is not going to ask me to be on the show, right? No. <laughs> I'm not going to want to be on the show because we're like, now we'll just argue in front of everybody. So <laughs> it's like right. when we created that opening, now new possibilities get created, like being on the show. So when we, we do come from a loving space, whether it's a family member that you're in conflict with, or maybe you're in a work relationship where, you know, maybe it's a black, white thing, whether you're black or white, doesn't matter. And you're like, have this resistance against this other human being that you work with and you got to work with them and you show up every single day and you're coming like this. And then maybe you guys go to lunch together and you come from a loving space and all of a sudden they become your best friend at the, at the workplace. 
Yeah, so important. Before you go, I want you to just see these few um, comments. So Dr. Anita says, we want to be careful when communicating with others that we speak with others as a companion, colleague, and not as if they're a client, if you're, if we're not clients. This creates an immediate boundary. So just like you were saying, that loving opening. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming in. Um, if understanding does not cause growth, is it truly understanding? Wow. Is an apology sometimes an attempt to manufacture an end point void of growth from understanding? Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, in, in my example, um, it was me listening to this other individual. And I said to him, how can I make it right? It wasn't me saying, hey, I need to apologize or do you want me to apologize? It was me asking him, what would what would serve you right now? What would allow this to heal? And that was what his request was. So when I did that apology, the apology wasn't for the group. Mm. It was for him. Yeah. It was me saying to him, you matter to me and I'm listening to you and I'm honoring your request because you're important to me. So it really wasn't about the apology. Like he could have said, I want you to make a donation to this cause. Right. Okay, so if I make the donation, that would, you'd feel whole then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not about a donation. It's not about an apology. It's about listening. You know, what's important. And, you know, that's, there's an art to that. And we have to put our agenda to the side. Yeah. Come from a blank canvas, you know, and, and, and not bring our past in, you know, and um, I love that distinction, you know, that you were willing to do whatever it takes to heal the relationship, right? And thank you, Mike, for the question, you know, because I, I've done some work with Mike and, you know, because that also helps us to pull out the distinction of a made up apology, right? So, um, it's, it's about being, being in the willingness to heal the relationship. Yeah. Sometimes there, there's like that apology is like this manipulated scenario. Like, well, you need to apologize. And then mm -hmm. the person doesn't want to apologize. And then, the, then they apologize out of the manipulation. Yeah. So I get that. Um, so it's, um, we, we, we obviously we don't want to manipulate and, and when there's power dynamics, right. You can, you can do that. And whether somebody has power over me or I have power over them and I could, you know, pull that lever, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, we're talking about just listening to this human being. And I liked what the one woman said about, you know, not treating him like a client. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Cordelia, I, I do have to give my voice a rest. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Thank you here, for but being it was really there. wonderful being with you. And I just so appreciate having you in my life. Absolutely. Thank you for being here and take good care. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. So um, thank you for everyone who showed up here live for this discussion. Thank you, Mike, for being here. Beautiful. The compassion to initiate healing is yeah, fabulous. So um, I hope that you heard some distinctions here. And um, if you are 
a leader in a leadership position and you're either a black woman or a white man, and you may have some discord on your team, um, connect with me and let's talk about it and see how we can get you to a place of healing and understanding and changing the way you listen. Um, because when we can do that, we can really allow ourselves to heal in black and white. And we need that. You know, this country, uh, I'm, I live in the United States, right? Just like Eric. And so in this country specifically, we've got a lot of race problems that we don't address. And it's time that we address it, but from not a place of defensiveness, like Eric was saying, he was saying, when I, when I disarmored and I just showed up with my heart and I wanted to do whatever it took to heal the relationship, right? That's the only way that we can heal our race problems in America and any other country that they may exist. And so it just begins with your choice to do whatever it takes to heal the relationship. You know, like I said in the copy for this, I wasn't going to debate whether or not there is racism. There is. What I want to get to is, okay, this is a fact. Now, how do we disarmor ourselves so that we can show up in loving and be with each other? and see each other and hear each other and value what we're listening to, like really, really listen with your heart. So thank you everyone who was able to come live. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dr. Anita. Yeah. And, and everyone that was able to come here. And so I invite you to share this with another heart and with another person because this is really the core of what the Free to Be show is about, questioning whether or not we're free, we're allowing ourselves to be free enough to examine our own poisons, heal them, and by extension, heal our relationships and change the collective consciousness. So I, I appreciate everyone that came here today. And until next week, be free. So are you free? Do you own your part in that? Rather than lingering in shame, guilt, and despair, let's see where you can create more freedom, more joy, and replenish from within. Visit me at CordeliaGafar.com and sign up for the five ways to only create joy. Until next week, be free.